The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. It's time now for the Bob Melvin Show, presented by Nest Betting. The three-time manager of the year sits down with Chris Townsend, exclusively on A's Cast. Visit nestbetting.com today. Here now is Chris Townsend. It's now time for the Bob Melvin Show, presented by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. And, of course, Nest, big fan. Uh, they're big fans of the green and gold. Bob, you know, last night, you know, no-hitters are special, obviously. But there are so many historical things around this no-hitter and just oddities around this no-hitter that you don't see too often. It was pretty special. It was. You can start with the lights being out for a while and, and the left bank not being completely lit up but i don't think that had anything to do with it but you know sometimes for a pitcher who's in a routine uh it's difficult to wait for an hour and, and a half and or whatever it was and go out there and and perform in the fashion that he did last night so certainly it didn't bother him as a catcher how many how many how many did you catch in the big leagues did you catch what no hitter i uh, combined one but never a, a you know one one guy no hitter so um unfortunately that's one of the things that i missed bunch of one hitters you know got close down the seventh eighth inning but uh i know josh fagley was pretty happy about being able to be part of history last night and the reason why i ask is because as a catcher you get to enjoy this moment you're a part of this thing as you're managing your pitcher through a no hitter as a manager you look absolutely miserable going through this process last year with Manaya and this year well, last night was awful. I mean, because <laughs> nowadays it's it's like if you if you let a guy go over 110 pitches, you're you're penalizing him or something. And you know, it's it, for me, Fires is a little diff- bit different in the fact that he's not throwing 98 miles an hour. He's not a young kid that that had has had an innings limit on him since he was you know 16 years old. You know, you look at some of the no hitters and some of the guys are throwing 130, 140 pitches. You know, those are guys that, that are able to do it. They're not guys that are max effort, redlining on every pitch. So in that respect, I was more comfortable with it. But any time you get over 120, 25 pitches, you start to get a little get uncomfortable. And I really broke every no-hitter rule you could ever have last night. I told him, I go, one more base runner and understand I'm going to come get you. And he knew that, going out there for the eighth and ninth and, and went through it beautifully. I thought about that in the postgame show when you said that to him, to where most people would be like, oh, boy, that's the kiss of death. I think it sharpened him like, hey, you cannot nibble. You're going to have to go after these guys or you're coming out. Do you think that put a put him into a good mind frame? He knew where he, he sat and, and, you know, he knew what, what he had to do to get it done. So, you know, th- this wasn't some sort of directive I gave him because I was trying to penalize him. I, I wanted him to know that I, I was worried about him in, in the pitch count. And if he wanted to finish it, this is how he's going to have to do it. And he went out there and did it. Now, the 3-1 pitch, 3-1 change up, he threw Votto. Uh, it took a lot of gumption to be able to throw that because if he throws it for a ball, it's it's ball four, and he's probably coming out of that game at that point. Um, but, you know, like you said, I think he, he understood where he was at, knew what he had to do, and he went out and did it. You know, this is going to be airing on A's cast, obviously powered by TuneIn, and I'm hoping that what happens last night really energized your club because that was a really rough road trip going one and eight you know what I, I, as long as i've been here i don't recall a, a tougher road trip we may have had road trips where we only won one game but to get walked off in the fashion that we did and it seemed like every guy in our bullpen ended up giving it up at one point in, in time or another throughout the entire trip so 
you know, it, it's it's completely different from what we were looking at last year. Last year, we went in the last two weeks of the season, we had not given up a lead when we were ahead from the seventh inning on. That was pretty historical, and it doesn't happen very often. But when you're kind of used to that, and you have a lot of the same parts down there, uh, certainly Trevino being out for a while and Trinan being out for a few days affected that. But it's not something we're used to. So it was a little bit demoralizing. We talked about it yesterday in the advance meeting. There's nothing we can do about that. And and these are the times you really have to hold on to what your long-term goals are and believe in them when you're going through the tough times. And, uh, you know, it was lucky enough we came out and won, won a game yesterday. Some people think it may be a cliche where they say bullpens every single year can be different. But it really is a reality because you're dealing with human beings and you can't expect the same guys do the same thing every single year. For you projecting that, you know, last year, as you said, you guys were so money in the bank. When you think about it this year, how does it change the way you manage knowing that this isn't like last year and you also have some different parts? Baseball is a game of adjustments, so... You know, you have to ride a hot hand. You know, we flipped things around a little bit. Originally, Sori was our, our seventh or eighth inning guy, depending on where the traffic was in the seventh or eighth inning, because we were going to use Trevino. And then we moved it around a little bit. Wendelkin was that guy for a little while, and then he had a few rough games. Petit was that guy for a while, and he, you know, he gave up a homer in, uh, in the ninth inning in Toronto. So you have to try to make some adjustments. Stability is a great thing, and you want to have that, but you can't just sit there and knock your head on the wall if you're not getting the results. So at some point in time, I think we're going to settle in. You know, certainly with Trevino healthy again and Trinan healthy again is a good start to that. Um, but it's the innings before that that we're still kind of tinkering with. Yeah, because there, there's that game plan going in at the start of the year, and then you, you run it out there, and if you are having some struggles – you know, it's tough to say when to make a change or how do we stay with what we've been doing because we believed in the process. Correct. And, you know, look at Ryan Buchter. Ryan Buchter was so key for us last year. And, you know, he had to get sent down for, for a few days this year. So for the for the front office, the most difficult thing is to try to replicate or put together a bullpen based on the results the year before. It, it Typically, it does not go that way a lot of times. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to make some adjustments and at some point in time, we're going to find our way here and start playing a little bit better. And, uh, you know, cause we do have a good team and, and, and I think everybody believes that no matter what we do, you know, at the beginning, uh, we have the, the group here to turn it around at some point. Was it the feeling of just, ah, Matt Olson is back. Thank God the gold Glover is there again. And no doubt. And you're talking about a 30 home run guy who's clutch. Uh, and makes everybody better on the field. Not only is he individually a gold glove winner, he makes everybody else better. So it's, it's nice to get him back. We should be getting Mark Canna back here soon, maybe after the weekend, and, and start to have you know more of the parts that we had uh, when we started the season. And I think about Jerickson Profar, who made a huge play yesterday, and I think that's got to be great for his confidence in the sixth inning. And, then of course, it was Loriano going over the fence and making the great play. But the one thing you're starting to see, Profar's really starting to swing the bat. He is, and, and I think his defense will kind of go hand-in-hand hand with that. And, you know, it, it's not easy to come over to a new team. A lot of expectations on you. You know, he's a sensitive guy. He's a great guy. He wanted to get off to a good start. He wanted to have a good spring training and, and really has not started out the way he wanted to. So I'm, I'm sure that's weighing on him some. But now we're starting to see the guy come around a little bit. He made some good throws last night. He obviously made a great play, made a couple really good plays. Um, 
you know, on the road trip as well. So, you know, hopefully he's starting to settle in and feel a little bit more comfortable. And, and if that's the case, then we'll start seeing some of the results that he had last year. You know, guy we talked to yesterday, and I know that as this play on A's cast, we got a lot of A's fans who love the guy, and he's going to be pitching here tonight in Oakland, and we'll already we'll already know the results when this interview plays. But Sonny Gray had a very good career here, and I know he was a good A, and he was a a player you really really adored. You guys still stay in touch with each other. It's going to be interesting seeing you've seen him in a Yankee uniform, but now see him in a Cincinnati Reds uniform here at the Coliseum. Yeah, I talked to him yesterday when he kept. He got here he came in the clubhouse and came in here and we talked for a while and he's a lot more comfortable now um you go to a place like new york and, and you get off to a little bit of a slow start and you don't feel like you know people have your back uh, that can be tough so he's got his pitching coach that he had at vanderbilt i know he's very comfortable here you look at the win-loss records not even indicative really how the way he's pitched you look at the internal numbers hits the innings pitched and his era he's pitched really well so i know he's a lot more comfortable here I want him to be successful. He can maybe wait another day, hopefully, before he has a lot of success. But it's a guy, you know, there's certain guys you get close to in this game. And and instantly, he was one of my favorites. We got along well. We stay in communication with each other. We have a lot of things in common. And just a guy that you want to pull for. And our fans felt it, too. They loved him from the minute he got here. So... Uh, I think our, our, our fans will enjoy seeing him tonight. You know, hopefully we're on the on the better side of the results at the end of the game. But uh, I think everybody in Oakland pulls for Sonny Gray. I know you got to focus on your team, but I know the connection you've had with your players over the years, whether you're a manager or a coach. How tough is it to watch one of your favorite guys struggle from afar? It was. You know, we beat him up a little bit when we went over there, too, last year. And, and you know, once you're playing the game, it doesn't matter who's out there. But... When you're following along and you're seeing the numbers and you kind of know the guy and how he reacts to certain things that you, you felt, I felt really bad for him in, in New York last year. You know, he pitched a little bit better on the road. He had some struggles at Yankee Stadium and he takes it hard. You know, he wants to perform for his team and the fan base and he wanted to be a, a you know, a guy that the Yankees could count on. And, you know, certain years don't go your way, but I think, you know, he's in a better place right now and I think he will turn it around. And we'll talk about Ramon Laureano and his defense. You know, he's starting to make this this thing of robbing home runs look pretty easy, and it's not. And the thing for me about him, too, is that we're not talking like he's King Griffey Jr. and he has size. He's about 5'10", so his hops, and I've talked to him about it, his hops are pretty good. Are you, are you amazed how much he's able to, the timing and the jumping for a guy his size? For sure. And, and you know, he plays shallow enough to where when he goes back to the wall, he's he's full tilt when he gets there. You know, we saw him do it in the day game. I think it was last homestand, which was miraculous. And then since we had seen that, you kind of had a feeling. Last night, I had a kind of had a feeling that if he could get to it, he was going to get to it. He had a great jump. Looks like he had a beat on it, and there was some confidence going after the ball. Um, you certainly can't get callous to that because those plays don't happen very often. But I think, I, I probably think that's not the last time you're going to see him do that. And, and last night, obviously, was huge. Well, let's have a little interesting thing about your Golden State Warriors as they're going to be playing here tonight. Are you shocked the struggles that they're having with the Rockets? Because we're just so used to not having seeing them struggle in the postseason. They've had some series where they haven't been. You know, I think Oklahoma City had them, had them down a little bit or at least tied with them. You know what? It's not that easy to just go out there and dominate in the NBA all the time. Uh, when all the dust settles, I think they'll be where they, they normally are. And, you know, makes for a little better theater when they're not just blowing teams out and winning for for love and in series. So, you know, Rockets have a good team and they have a good scheme and, you know, they have some some high profile players that are playing well right now. But I think at the end of the day, this series will end up in Golden State.
As a lifelong Warrior fan, did you ever think there would be a point where you would see the Warriors, if people weren't sweeping or at least taking out somebody in five, there would be almost some panic in the postseason? No. I, there are very few teams. You know, Yankee teams that have been three in a row or whatever and back to the Celtic teams. There are very few teams in the history of sports that are, or have accomplished and are accomplishing what they are right now. So, you know, they set themselves up for this, for being as good as they are. And, you know, they have five all-stars. You know, Cousins is out right now, but they have five all-stars and the Hamptons five and the whole bit. And everybody just expects them to roll through. Uh, it's just not that easy. You know, in, in competitive sports, the talent level is pretty immense. Um, but to do what they've, they've done is amazing. And I know everybody, at some point in time when this runs over, I'm not sure when that'll be. I think everybody will look back and, and have some perspective on how good this team really was. Well, it's the Battle of Ohio, Cincinnati, then Cleveland, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Good luck the rest of the week. All right, sounds good. Thank you. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 